guys there, beautiful people. Welcome to Students of Life Podcast with your host, Akos Epipra. Thank you very much for being here. If you are new, you're welcome. There's so much here for you to go through. Take your time and go through and enjoy it. And if you're returning, thank you very much for coming back. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. So this episode of the conversation series is with my dear friend, Captain Smith. And yes, that's his real name, Captain Smith. So he is a film director. He's a content creator. He has experience with the managing artists. He also is, um, has his own record label. And so many other things he's also doing as well as getting into. And this first half of this episode is all into when it comes to content creating um, his record label, managing artists and all of the experience that he has there when it comes to professional stuff and the last the other half of the episode last half is about his personal life his wellness when it comes to rebranding himself when it comes to fear and um, when it comes to you know what that legacy means to him and just so many other things we get into into as well so i'm just really really like excited for you guys to get into this without further ado let's get straight into the episode hello akusia Hello, hello. <laughs> this is a very exciting episode. I'm so excited yeah. for this conversation. Um, yeah, I'm excited for people to get to know you. For even for our, how we met and how we became friends and everything, and yeah. just to share your story. So, first of all, a, a question I always ask everybody um, because my people most of the time they don't know the people I'm bringing on. So, just to introduce yourself, who you are, what you what you do, and just like get to know you. So, your flow is all yours. Okay, all right. So, um, my um, my name is Captain. So, Captain, my last name is Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people, are always asking like, is Captain my real name? So, it's like, I always, <laughs> that. that it's my real name, my nickname, or something like that. Because it happens all the time where like people ask for like, I, I need to do something official, you know, those official documents and things, mm-hmm. and I write Captain, and they're looking at me like, hey, what's this guy doing? Like, what, <laughs> you know? Now I have to explain myself all the time. So my name is Captain Smith. Um, I'm, I will say I studied IT, but I'm not practicing IT right now. And um, I'm a YouTuber. I mean, I'm a content creator, so I make content for YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. And now I just hopped on Twitter because Akosia advised me to put my content on Twitter, on Twitter some months ago, which I have been like slowly trying to work on it but now i'm i'm on twitter and yeah and i'm also a podcaster because i've already recorded recorded my first podcast which should be coming out next week yeah so i basically do everything in the media and um yeah and i have a record label too so i'm into music yeah i've record label and um i'm also into film making i went to College, I went to school for film artistics and cinematography. So yeah, I'm kind of like in every almost in every space in the media entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah. And I'm 21 years old, still on the grind, you know, trying to make something out of myself and yeah, and make you know, definitely make like family and friends proud and all that, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think you're you're definitely like a really massive creative, like an all-rounded creative, and a multi multifaceted creator. So somebody who's like kind of can dive into different things, you know, within the creative industry because you do basically everything. That's the one thing I really wanted to go into today because a lot I feel like a lot of people are like that because I'm like that as well. Where I'm a multifaceted creator, 
but it's very very difficult to be like that and for people to understand and people to know exactly what your plans are what your visions are what you're gonna do people always feel like you're never focused or you don't know what you're doing or that you're too scattered everywhere and that is something that we're going to get into today but um thank you very much for giving us that good intro um i i said like because of i know all of the things that you do when it comes to content creator and everything i really want us to talk about that today okay um right. i want us to start off with you sharing your insights into like your current life right now situation right now the path that you're on right now how it led you to here where you are okay all right so um for me it's been a long journey because so most people won't know that long journey they only know from probably like 2021 but it started in 2017 when uh, I do not know, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I think I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos, and I always used to see these um, um, American kids on YouTube doing things. And I also wanted to do some like, like this is nice. I want to also wanted to be like YouTube famous and all like. So it was 2017. Um, I started something. So I started, I started my YouTube. Um, I was I have confidence issues at that time, so I was more like camera shy. So what I did was since I was afraid to be in front of the camera because I thought it wasn't good enough. I always asked my, my cousin, my sister, my neighbors, especially my neighbors, schoolmates. We always like, I always tried to bring them together so we shot the videos. I had friends that were dancers in high school, cousins that were like good dancers. So I always offer, offer to like shoot the videos for them, dance videos, you know, and all those things put on my YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's how it started. And I also, so, when it started like that, then I fell in love with like being behind the camera instead of in front of the camera. So because I realized I didn't know how to fix my situation, it comes to being in front of the camera, I wasn't confident enough and all that. I decided to like go that path by being the person behind the camera. So I started learning, you know, view. It started out as videography back then, and it kept on going. I still had a love for videography. And also, used to take a lot of pictures of people, not me, because I still wasn't confident enough. So, I was doing all those behind those kind of things 2017, 2018. Then I kind of like took a pause, or I kind of gave up on like the whole YouTube thing and the whole content creation thing. Because I, I was, it wasn't like I wasn't, I wasn't good enough for it. And I couldn't convince my friends to like, you know. They come and let's do, let's do things again. So by 2014, 2018 ended, I stopped all those things, editing, like learning editing and all those things. I just stopped. And so it's like, I think that was like almost my final year in high school. So I just focused on that. After high school, um, went to enter into university. I was still not, the first semester, I was not like doing any of those things. Then before like December, I think November, December, um, Things are picking up again. I see like things started coming my way. That was that was kind of leading to the revival of all those things. So it started out like like a pastor in church was like, "You can you like do a video, a promo video like for this scenes program coming up and can you edit it?" I was like, "It's been a while. It's been over two years. I didn't like that, so I can try." Yeah, it started like that. I did a video editor, it was shown like on the big screen at church. Mm-hmm. And then um, business ended, 2020 came in, and 20 January, 
after that thing happened, after that was checked thing happened, 2020 January, I was like, okay, maybe let me just get let's try this media thing again. So I started went into like graphic design, I was learning graphic design, learning video graphics, learning like editing and all over again. Then COVID hit. I mean, I was doing this a little bit, it's like almost every night, and then during December, um, January, February, March. Then, boom, COVID hit. And I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign that I need to push in, put in more into that. So, then COVID hit. And I was doing so many, I was doing, I started like a graphic design like business and all that, Smith Studios, on the school official, got the page. I was practicing animation. I was literally learning from editing a Premiere Pro. I, was, I mean, I moved on from like the mobile things that I was doing like before COVID hit. I moved on to like learning Premiere Pro animation, 3D cartoons. So I did a lot of like work for people, mostly for free, for like you know, exposure and all that. Yeah. I did that, I did camera stuff like during the COVID time. Yeah, all that helping people out, all that, those kind of things. I kept building on, building on, building, but I still wasn't in front of the camera. I was doing everything that involved behind the camera, whether it's videography behind or graphic design or animation. And all those things, some of them, I had to use my voice for those animations and things, which I saw on my Smith Series page. And yeah, kept on going like that. I was still having the confidence. So it kept, kept on going like that till the end of the year. I mean, I did, I, I made a short film with my sister during the lockdown. I mean, everyone was doing crazy things during that, that quarantine lockdown. So I did a short film there. What's like, the short film about? Oh, it's called it's it's called Nightmare Across. So it was more like um, it was more of like an alien invasion in Accra. Okay, okay. And my my sister and I mm-hmm. were, were like the hero or the agents that were assigned to mm-hmm. the um, the the what's the name the the bad, I mean, the aliens and things like that. Yeah. It was a bit crappy because I was practicing like videography and I was also, I that's the first time I came back. I mean, that's the first I tried being in front of the camera. Okay. All, what motivated like, you to get in front of the camera at that time? Come again? What motivated you to get in front of the camera at that time? Because you've been behind the camera for so long. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, I, I had to like force myself, like, hype myself up to do it again because my start didn't want to be the only character in the short film. So okay. I like myself to that, put myself in, shot the whole thing. I made the edits, I put the animations, you know, put some um, spaceship activity, I put some, you know, I was just trying anything. So I put some uh, skeletons moving, uh, like animation or skeletons yeah. with, and uh, there was an Iron Man scene where like I put my sister's face, I replaced, I am Tony Stark's face with my sister's face to be in the Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. I was just trying, like, it was, it's goofy now, but it's, it's part of my, you know, what, what, what I started with. And it moved on like that. People, I could on my water style and pull like, you, how do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. Then, um, and, and my neighbor saw it and mm-hmm. she was like, she was like, wow, when did you shoot it? She didn't call me, so I'll come in like, I'll come and be part of it. I was like, well, I didn't know you. You like be interested. Yeah. Yeah. So then before then, yeah, little things happened to intensity. I kept doing all those behind the scenes things, but mm-hmm. less of like I was still having those like in- internal push, like 
do the recordings of myself, like being inside, like the videos and things about. Uh, I was still not in it till like 2021. 2021, um, yeah, 2021 was the year that things for me when it came to filmmaking and all that. Mm-hmm. And still, I wasn't at the beginning, the first half of 2022, I wasn't on camera, still behind camera. Mm-hmm. So that happened. That happened because of that goofy short film animation mm-hmm. I made in 2020. Because when my neighbor saw that and she wanted to be in it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I skipped that part. So back in that 2020, when my neighbor saw that, a couple of weeks later, mm-hmm. I, I was able to do what I was doing in 2017 by bringing my friends and like neighbors from their, their age group, you know, okay. to shoot. A t- uh, like a short series like it was called what, game it up or something like that we got like mm-hmm. the whole it's a game it's a game series like a six episode game series where like it play various like games like monopoly and all those things Uno and all those things mm-hmm. and talk about things like that and how drama and everything is like, and we shot we had a you know the movie poster already everything it's it's all on my film page on Zeus mm-hmm. production underscore official and all that so that's how it started to mm-hmm. so, we worked on this for like two months, but I wasn't able to drop it because um, some of my friends, I mean, two or three of my friends that were supposed to be inside all left the country. And yeah, a lot of people left the country after mm-hmm. they took the ban out. So it was like, by the time it ended, people had already left the country. So I had to put down hold. And I felt like, okay, maybe that's it. Then 2021, um, my neighbor that saw the video I made, mm-hmm. she had like she had a meeting with she had a, an encounter with a film director from the United States, and okay. she, she wanted like meet. And she, she was she was given a link to like, apply to join mm-hmm. a school, mm-hmm. a film, a private film school. Yeah, yeah, that was about to establish in Ghana, mm-hmm. and then that's how it started. Then she was like that time that she met the film director. Mm-hmm. She was right her final year, um, final exam in Ashes University, so she couldn't like do anything film like that. So she sent me a link to to hop on it, mm-hmm. and I hope moved on from there. Um, I joined the film school, Paris Film School. But before I joined them, before they fully established themselves, I went to I went to film school, like a government film school called NAFTI. That's in Ghana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all in Ghana. So I went to film school, studied film artistics. Then after that, I came back to join the private film school yeah, mm-hmm. to learn cinematography and all that. I mean, everything surrounding film. I mean, everything behind the camera. So that's how filmmaking started for me there. Then, um, okay. all in that same 2021, mm-hmm. and I started content on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It was slow, but I was still studying. I was trying, trying to, to, from filmmaking to TikTok. Mm-hmm. And before 2021 ended, I already, started, I already started my label, my record label. That's how I got into music. I mean, okay. I was already, yeah. So I kind of like moved. I didn't move, but I was doing film. And I was getting content on TikTok. When it comes to, sorry, when it comes to record label, like what was you doing? How did you open a record label? Okay, so. I want to inspire that. All right, so I actually, in twi- I, I skipped a part. In, inside 2022, when I was like, you know, doing all this graphic design and, you know, editing, learning all those things, right? Mm-hmm. Inside that planting period, I tried to go into music production by learning how to make beats. I made a lot of beats mm-hmm. and I was making beats for my friends that were musicians in high mm-hmm. school. 
Mm-hmm. Like he had the videos, like you can you do something for us? Like, okay, so I made beats for people, they recorded it, put it on, they put it out, it was good. And I was like, okay, then I should try rapping. So I tried rapping, I made some songs, I put them out there. Mm-hmm. It's good. But I felt like I wasn't a I wasn't good, I wasn't a good vocalist. Like mm-hmm. when it came when it came to rapping too. I just dropped like I only worked on like four or five songs. Mm-hmm. Some I think on probably like audio map or something, I remember now. And SoundCloud, mm-hmm. yeah, I did that a little bit. Then, in the process of that, I was learning marketing by myself, mm-hmm. both social media marketing, branding, music marketing, promotion, all that, doing so I can do that for my song. Mm-hmm. But I got so invested in that so much that my friend, our artist, saw the way I was like promoting my stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? You can you like you know, help me out because they, they are, you know there are artists that they can't like market to themselves properly. Yeah, I'm kind of researching the Ghana scene. I've realized like there's a lot of people that are really good, but they don't understand the business side of music. Like there's yes. a whole business to it. It's not just about going to studio and making music or just dropping a link and telling people to go and like listen and stuff like that. It's a whole marketing behind it. Yeah, and so it was an allergy to like 90% of all my friends that were artists, like upcoming artists. Like, so it was like, okay, I've, I got so invested in that I knew so much about it. When it came mm-hmm. to content creation for music, when it came to marketing, when it came to promotion, when it came to distribution, mm-hmm. all those things that promote music like strate- strategically, like mm-hmm. analytics when it came to, when it came to like sending analytics on Spotify, social media, all those things. I was picking up those things fast. So, we're like hard friends are like you can you like shoot like help me out and all that so i started thinking so i started to like drop the music production side of it mm-hmm. and the beats and all that and started to like focus on that so before 2021 ended so i mean i did that in i studied order in 2020 then i think before mm-hmm. 2020 ended i i was i started managing an, an old friend of mine mm-hmm. from like, yeah from high school i mean junior high school He's younger okay. than me. Don't you say record label? I just want to make sure because maybe it's my understanding of record label. So do you mean like that you 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 are an artist manager, not you have your own record label or you actually have your mm-hmm. own record label? So I, I was an artist manager. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I, I created my record label. So okay. I was well, I was an artist manager managing just an artist without a label, without any organization to like yeah, yeah. On, yeah. Then after that, after that, I had more incoming people, friends, and people I didn't know. So like, we're just texting me on social media. You can you manage me? Can you manage me? It's like, hey, how am I supposed to manage all these people? Then that's how, when I set up the label. So now I have the label, and um, I was managing about five Ghanaian artists, upcoming Ghanaian artists, and inside the label, that was inside the label five. Then about probably like almost like ten. People are also managing by outside the label. Right. So when you was doing that, you were managing five people inside the label and five, ten people okay. outside the label? Yes. How is that for one person? That that so I was able to do that because I knew like I really studied this thing so well that I was able to communicate with all of them like really fast. Like I don't know how I was doing it, but like it was it was like working, like I was literally making like making creating schedules, making like getting things done for artists in the shortest possible time, getting artists back. I got like I had to like prioritize some of the artists depending on how like 
how much effort they're putting into their music. Okay, so okay. It, depending, so I was imagining, but not at the like not at the same pace. Some artists were getting more attention than others because some artists come like when you're texting them back, they're not replying as fast as some other artists. So it got to a point I had to like prioritize some, and you know. No, I didn't drop the, the others, but like it depends on how how fast they can communicate and produce like okay, content. So, wait, market. just to, just to make sure, what was your day to day like with them as a managing artist? Like, so when you say you're managing them, what do you actually do apart from obviously I get the marketing part, as you know, maybe some, if they're dropping a new song when it comes to marketing it and everything. But what actually goes into it, and from then to now, I just want to like speed up a little bit. From then to now, how many artists are still on your record label, and how do you, how would you say that that whole managing process and everything, how did that go for you, like going into that? Okay, from then to now, okay. Um, first of all, one of the things I did, right, aside this marketing all that, you know, there are times you have to go with them to the studio. Yeah, there are times I have to. Yeah, because it takes myself. a lot to manage an artist. Even yes. if it's upcoming or that they're not really anywhere yet. It takes a lot, yes. especially when you're upcoming, bro, because there's so much you need to get into to get them out there. But is this so, there's so much to go into one artist where so you have two. So to have like 10 or five, how, what was the day today? And what exactly was you doing like for them to, to do, okay, like, so the ones, do like three or four at a time? Yeah, so the ones in Accra and like most of the artists I manage were kind of like closer to me in mm-hmm. Instagram too. We had like, had, honestly, friend, but I had acquaintances that were producers. So it was like, there were some of them that were close to me in Segon, I go with them to the studio mm-hmm. to record. The others that were far, I had like one in Kumasi, one in Tema, other places. Those people, I had to like put in the word for them when it came to other, other like, other things. Okay. Oh, okay. So some of them, I had to like help them radio plug, mm-hmm. like to get them on. Like state radio stations, which mm-hmm. it went some went like it worked, some didn't work that time. But I worked the following year, mm-hmm. like all those things happened, and um, it was tough because it was really hard. You know, upcoming artists, right? It's so hard to like, yeah, push, like they're reluctant to like do certain things. Like I, I have to send literally, I have to send like voice notes of like almost like two minutes, three minutes, voice explaining why they should do this, why they shouldn't do this. And they'll be like, uh, oh, okay, I didn't know. Two months yeah, later. Just, I feel like some people are just very lazy. And they don't yeah. research. People don't research into what they want to do. If you want to do something, if you want to be a musician, I'm re- doing some research into it. I'm like proper understanding the the, the market. Because obviously, like, you can't just be like, oh, I want to do music and just drop a song and just go to sleep. It doesn't work like that. And some people don't even want to do They don't even want to go on the radio. Like, what do you mean don't want to go on the radio? How do you want people to hear you? Some people don't want to go no media at all. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to dress a certain type of way. They don't understand the whole fashion part and the whole like, appearance part. Like, it's a whole yeah, art to this thing, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. So I have to be, I have to be like a, a creative director at the same time, money just yeah, at the same time. stylist I'm bit, I'm bit as well. At the same time, <laughs> the graphic designers, I have to do cover art for some of the artists. I have to like, I had to like show them the basics of like common like social media like branding like mm-hmm. put this in your bio put this link here do this like I had to literally explain why and uh, why you should use a licensed beat and put it on like YouTube or on Spotify because to yeah. get flagged and both you see those those technicalities and yeah. things like I literally get I, I literally got questions like so uh Charlie this boss this this you know if I did upload on for YouTube no make I do I'm like this or like yeah, it, it, took, it took a lot of patience to like show them things yeah. like that because as an artist you should know that 
YouTube is part of your music career. You yeah. can't do it. You can't now. You can't do anything. Like you can't do a lot of things without TikTok. But TikTok and music industry are like twins. Are like blended now. As an artist, you need to be on TikTok, and you get things like TikTok. There, it be sure these the Martins, it's girls, girls the Martins. Like, hey, if it's girls, do you think you see these big stars on TikTok trying to promote their music? You know, yeah. TikTok. Again, is that laziness and not really understand, not really researching into the whatever market they're trying yes. to get into? Yes. Whatever market you're trying to get into, you got whatever your dreams are, whatever you're trying to do. You got to study the people ahead of you. You got to study what they're doing, what they're getting into, and also like research the market, research or what you're going into. But people are very lazy, especially like with the whole creative industry. People just think you just wake up and just do anything, and it's boom. Like boom. it doesn't work like that, you know. Oh, you think these like when you listen to like I I star and all these musicians, yes. but trust me, like their marketing is very like I listen to a lot of Jory Akan. I don't know if you know Jory Akan. Um, no, I don't think I don't. Jory Akan is somebody you should definitely listen to. Somebody with a record label, and like you know, if you're into music, you should definitely listen to Jory Akan. He's like an, a music intellect here from Africa, West Africa. He's based in Nigeria. Um, I know his name I can't sounds like a Ghanaian, but he's actually Nigerian. He's based in Nigeria. I don't know if he has Ghanaian in him. I'm not sure, but he's he reps Nigeria, so he lives in Nigeria and everything. So I'm just gonna go with the Nigeria. Um, but he's a music intellect. Like he really understands the music industry. He he's behind a lot of the things, and he really likes like even on his Twitter, like he breaks down a lot of like when it comes to marketing, when it comes to record labels, when it comes to how they move, when it comes to music industry, the behind the scenes, and so many different things. He just understands the music, do you get what I'm saying? And the business of it too. So like, even if, if he wanted the things that I remember he went into, even look at like someone like Aristotle and like the Maven and records and stuff, the amount of like things that goes into even just like someone like Aristotle alone and even getting yeah. that, that, like her music to like go everywhere on TikTok and it's all like programmed. Like you can't yeah. just be out here saying, oh, I'm just going to release a song today. In this day and age right now, you can't say I'm gonna release a song and then just go and sleep or like release a song on YouTube, post a link, do maybe a little TikTok here and there, and that's it. It doesn't work like that. You gotta have a machine behind you because these people have machines behind them. It's not by might and grace only. Yes, might and yeah. grace is there. God is there. We know, but trust me, it's also a lot of like, like connections and like proper proper work put in. There's physical stuff put in and a lot of like you know orchestrations in the background. Because even to get it to even blow up on TikTok, it's orchestrated. Even like, yes. you know, I remember when Davido released his Timeless album, he literally paid like a thousand. Every record label in like from West Africa had like a thousand dollars budget to play. Imagine to play Timeless, all the songs, which is like competition. So when you're seeing competition on all the, rec- on all the radios, you're hearing it on all the clubs and all the, you know, little um, outings and the TikToks and stuff. You're thinking, oh my God, it's just because it's a nice song. No. It's been mm. programmed to become a nice song, <laughs> you know. Put in the world. Yeah, and because there's a lot, and there's, and there's a lot of money. music out there yeah. that you don't even know, like who this artist is. There's beautiful music and that's yeah. even better than timeless. Let's just be honest. There's so many beautiful artists, mm. Mm. music that's even better than some of the artists that we have now. But because of them, because of like the the business side, they don't understand the business side and the marketing side, and they don't have that big like you know hedge fund behind them as well. So the, the music kind of just like, you know, just falls through the cracks. Yeah. But you should definitely listen to Jory Akan. He has a podcast as well called Afrobeat Intelligence. And I listen to it all the time. And even just like, even on Twitter, you can also follow him on Twitter. Um, yeah, he's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You can send me his page on Instagram. I will. I definitely will. Somebody, I think if you're into music, like, me, I'm not somebody who's into me. I don't do music. I don't I don't sing. I don't rap. I don't do you no know, beats. I don't do anything. But me, I like to like, I just like to learn about different industries. Obviously, if it's creative and stuff as well, I like to just learn it. So I started listening to him a bit and I was like, nah, this guy's so cool. And I've just been following him. And I get to understand like, yo, 
even music and stuff yeah is you know people be like entrepreneurs and you know a lot goes into it, blah 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 but people who do music and stuff it's just by singing you can sing your heart out <laughs> if you don't have the machine because people don't know that even maven records right there's a yeah. hedge fund that funds maven it's not done jazzy's pocket this is funded Arastar. there's yeah. a hedge fund that funds maven that is like coded that you wouldn't know about unless i maybe you know in and and jury jury i can't reveal it but there's a whole hedge fund behind them, like a whole funding company that's behind them that funds even other Nigerian artists, when other artists like around the world, you know. Yeah. And so when you're going in with like fifty thousand, like one song, they need like a hundred k to just activate one song into yeah. the system. Yeah, and they don't get that money from from Don Jazzy. It comes from that hedge fund. And obviously, then they make millions on top of that anyway. So it's like money goes back to the to the um, the, fu- the funding company. And obviously, they get the money. They make money and shit. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. So I'll send you, I'll send you, I'll send your your thing, your thing to him. Um, what's it called on, on on Instagram? I'll send you his thing on Instagram. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it's it worked for some people. I mean, I worked with so many artists. It got to a point I was asking myself, why do I keep making friends? Why do I keep getting in contact with so many music people? And it was getting like almost every month. Like I always have, I meet someone like, oh, I tell my artist, Charlie Goofy, Goofy. I was like, ah. Why is everyone telling me they're an artist? Like, what? Like, it was becoming like something that I was getting too attracted to, or it was attracting to me. As in, I was always meeting people that are artists. So mm-hmm. I've ran my in my DMs, my contact list is always some something artists. Like, so many artists. Some I'm working with right now. Some I'm managing the past. Some, mm-hmm. you know, all those kind of things, right? And um, yeah, it went on. It started as a management thing. I set up the label when I was managing. A number of people, yeah, both inside and outside. I had to help like artists that are friends of mine drop EPs because they did EPs albums and others because they didn't know how to like properly execute those kind of things. So I had to give them advice, guidelines. Don't do this, do this. We're dropping an EP. It should be more than you know four songs because EPs there's an extended play in the album. You can go up to eight, ten, twelve. You know, mm-hmm. I have to explain the technicalities of so many things to them because. A lot of these artists, upcoming artists, um, what they know is um, just like for studio recording, you record, you write a song, you record, that's all now. That's like, you know, the marketing side, the distribution side, the promotion side, the content creation side, which a lot of them are not good at. So it's like I had to literally create content for them and I had to do interviews for them on my YouTube. Like there are some artists that haven't edited those YouTube videos yet, like interviews to promote their music. If you check my content on TikTok, especially you see I have a music promotes playlist where I create content for artists and all that. So yeah, so I did have in Ghana, but before I left Ghana, um I and mean you after Ghana I left last year. That's just yeah, last, yeah, just put a time stuff for the last year. I remember when I was supposed to you were supposed to come to the top of weekend talk, but then you left just before I came to Ghana last year. So oh, yeah. things plans changed. I was supposed to leave like later in December, but yeah, things happened and like, the tickets mm-hmm. came. On the fifth, I mean, before the fifth, so like actually, yeah. yeah, but yeah, so, um, as of as of now, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not managing any artists in Ghana. Yes, after I left, I had to like reboot the label and I had to change it to an American like record label instead of a Ghanaian record label. So, right now, I have only one signed artist in the USA, mm-hmm. and he's the one I'm managing right now. We're working on dropping to regular. So many things right now. I'm about to drop a song like the next week or something. Like that. When I'm just speaking to it, like a graphic designer mm-hmm. uh, from the Ghana. What went like, into 
for you, like within your regular, what goes into signing an artist? Because well, I know signing an artist a lot is the contracts and stuff. A lot of things goes yes. into like for yours. What goes yes. into it? As you know, the biz that side of the business. What 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 is for you? Okay, so um, for the contract side of it, it's pretty simple. For my label, it's we it's not like the usual like big how the big labels run their things. Like mm-hmm. usually, the big labels they give you an advance of like some a huge sum of money. Yeah, for like seven years and they can give you like over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. All those kind of things. Then they kind of like I don't say trap you, but they kind of like have control over every part of your music life. Well, I think it depends. It depends on you, the person reading the contract. Obviously, dead. Oh, yeah, record labels are not your best friends. They are yes. not. If you're an artist, especially if you're a beginning, <laughs> you, yeah, you're you, they will because they know that you're beginning, so they might they be able to start to take advantage of you. So they are not your best friend as in as an artist. But I know that like with record labels, that nowadays for independent artists, there's a lot more you can do as an independent artist if you just know your way around the industry. Yes. So when I yes. say that, that, I mean like you can correct me if I'm wrong as well. But this is just obviously I, I follow like music stuff, so um what is it called you can become an independent label you can still have your independent on your masters on everything you have but you yes. can sign like different different um um contracts in like a distribution contract you know yeah. so when it comes to distribution which is a lot of the time a lot of money goes into that part like marketing and distributing and putting your music out there getting on all of these you know playlists and spotify and Again, the numbers going up because everything is numbers within the music industry. So, and all of that. Then also the marketing side as well. Getting on these billboards and all these different things as well. Um, yeah, that's what the sound contrast is. So that that part is taken care of. But you can still have like your independence. You can still have your, you know, own your stuff and really have that creative control, which I think every artist kind of wants to have. Yeah. Yeah. So with what you said, right? So what I thought of how thought of how I was going to run my label is mm-hmm. I'm going to merge the two of what you said. So it's basically oh. a label. Mm-hmm. which the artist is going to be signed on to, mm-hmm. but the artist is still independent. As in, okay. this, this is how it works. So the artist is signed onto my label, right? Mm-hmm. But the artist has the freedom to choose when or what projects the artist mm-hmm. wants to work with or without the label. Mm-hmm. So the artist, the artist has signed artists on their label, but simultaneously an independent artist. So if the artist wants to drop a single next month, right? And he decides um, this single, I want to handle it on my own from like distribution, promotion, um, everything, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine. The label won't like have a hand in it. And there's also another time you, you the artist wants to drop the project with the label. The label will be there mm-hmm. to work on all the other things the artist, you know, can't work on, you know. And that's, that's how I run my label. And that's how I've communicated and that's how the contract is and that's how um, the first artist I've signed in the USA, he, yeah, he's, he's okay with it and that's how we are rolling. Yeah. Okay. And we, and... okay. So when it comes to Ghana, record label in Ghana, how would you say like when you work with these artists and stuff here, because now you don't have any artists you're, you're working with in Ghana. From the ones I mean, you work from with, the multiple artists, artists like, in Ghana, but I'm not managing them officially. Oh, you have, the, you have them in Ghana, but you're not managing them officially. So you have a manager who is part of the record label, part of your team that manages them? Well, um, I would say, I am, okay, I'll say, I'm, um, coach, I don't say coaching or guide, okay, I'll use the word guiding. I'll say I'm guiding them from here when it, it comes to almost every other thing, like, when it comes to, like, managing them, but 
I won't say it's official because I dropped all the artists I, I was like managing in Ghana to re- do the reboot. So yeah, because I felt like if I'm not in Ghana, I can't yeah, oversee certain things. So I have to drop all of them and okay. sign artists here. And that, makes, that, makes, that makes sense. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. yeah, this conversation, right? I never knew it was going to go into a lot into like the music and the whole record label thing and you know that. But I love the fact yeah. that it has because I think a lot of people, because I have, you know, I have a lot of um, people in Ghana who listen to me here that are upcoming artists. And I have yeah. them on my Snapchat. They always message me. They always like, they love listening to the podcast. Like, they feel like, they always say, like, because your podcast really motivates me to like keep going, everything I'm doing. And obviously, they yeah. know my story. Like, I started my podcast with just my phone. And they always say, like, I remember when you say you started your podcast with just your phone. And it was kind of, it kind of like motivates them that they can start just nothing as an artist. They don't have to have like all these big clothings and all these like, you know, big machines and stuff like that. And just work their way through it and work their way up as well. So I have a lot of them there. And I know they're going to listen to, they're going to really love this episode. But I have specifically one person, his name is Maestro. He's really amazing and he's upcoming as well. But I know like he's going to absolutely love this episode. So I want to talk, I just wanted to give like a bit of advice for like any, you've been in the, you've done the export thing in Ghana. You've seen the goods and the bads. You've seen how these people roll. You've seen the, you know, you have connections within the the radio side, the yeah. marketing. You get everything, you know. What advice would you give to anybody who's coming up now in Ghana? Like, how does she move? Like, what does she be doing? Like, what is she focusing on? You know, just any advice you have that can really help them. Because I know they, they're going to be listening. Okay, so what I can I can say is they should, they should try and focus on their branding on social media and, and produce quality music content mm-hmm. on social media that's one that's one main flaw like flaw like i noticed when it came to upcoming Ghanaian artists is mm-hmm. the the i don't know if it's, it's the creativity around that I, yeah i know they are creatives okay they are creative enough to make the music mm-hmm. but they've struggled when it comes to being creative of their image on mm-hmm. like the internet okay yeah. so it's like they all struggle. Personal branding so, is basically just not up to par, basically. Yes, so they have to put in quality in those things. It's it all it all comes down to even the cover arts that they get designed for their songs. Mm-hmm. If they don't put in work in those cover arts, right? I know maybe some of the things was just a cover art, so you just do some scribbles or something mm-hmm. and that's it. Cover arts draw people to your music. A lot of people. Like I upcoming artists don't put in that kind of like effort in those things. Like the mm-hmm. basics graphics on their social media, basic like you know the kind of pictures they put on their social media. Mm-hmm. If you look at the big stars, right? If you look at their their cover art, be be a lot of people on like I'll say Christians, right? Who say that hey, this one there it is Illuminati, this one there it is this yeah. one there. They they have this kind of they put in so much effort and there's some, some kind of like it's like a storytelling literally it's like it tells the whole a story without even you having to try and they, try to figure it out yeah. the storytelling yeah they put storytelling into that cover art mm-hmm. and it, it, sounds, it sometimes looks creepy or looks scary mm-hmm. or it looks mm-hmm. you know it's like hey, what is this guy what is Chris Brown? what does he put what is all this yeah. all those things that they do are intentional to the point where those Little thing, those effort that they put into just a cover art turns into mm-hmm. content for someone to create that, yeah, um, bars and a cover art. And it is yeah. what make, and this is what it means. Someone has made his own definition of what's that cover, even though Chris Bars didn't come out to say that this is what it means. But mm-hmm. someone come and do a breakdown or oh, this on there, this color, this thing mm-hmm. used, this using this design, just want someone's cover art for a song, right? Mm-hmm. Has turned into 
one personality that's really good at that um is drake drake is very yes. very like he knows how to like just use images and like things on this cover mm-hmm. art you be like what the heck is that how does it got to do with the yeah, album that was- you know It'll make you literally yeah. just like think so much before you even click to listen to the album or listen to the song. I know that he's he he he's really good with that. And also one person that in Ghana industry like that I know is really good at that. And every single thing that they kind of drop it makes me I look and I think about it like what are they trying to tell me like with this here? Because you can sort of put a lot of effort into it. Is Black Sharif? Yes. Okay, from his album, yes. from his from his album cover, his right single covers, all of them yeah. like. They speak something, and you can tell he's a storyteller. Like you can tell that yes. even having to ask him, you can tell that he's a proper, proper storyteller. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. So that's why a lot of artists do not in Ghana. I mean, African artists do not really think about deep leader. They need to put effort in simple things, right? That uh, are going to be out there. Okay. And okay. if you don't put in that kind of quality in both. Your branding, your image, and your image is really important in the, in the music. If you don't do that as an upcoming artist, yeah. you are going to struggle. You need to put in, it's, it's, we need to invest the money, okay? Mm-hmm. You can't just take, you can't just take mediocre pictures and put them, but you need to like yeah. invest. Music is expensive. No, don't, it is expensive. <laughs> you need to invest money into your music. If you need to go to the photo shoot, you need to go and have a photo shoot for every song you want to drop. Go and do it. They get they don't get quality cameras, light, good lighting, get it cinematically done, shoot cinematic like um mm-hmm. visualizers, shoot cinematic videos. I know a lot of artists just record things nowadays, like and just post it. But the quality is important. Quality goes a long way. Quality, if you shoot a quality um video music video today, 20 years later, it will still stand out. There are a lot of artists that drop videos in like 2001 right if you go back to youtube and look at you look at it there the editing the color grading the 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 shots the kind of short style the short size there all those cinematic things they put those placed in that video will still be will still be pleasing today compared to some artists that just short things anyhow and it's on youtube and if you go back to it it looks so goofy okay mm-hmm. so you need to put in the invest in their, in their image, that's what I'm going to say. Because when you invest in your image at that young, at that point in your your career, right? Mm-hmm. If any if any labels find you or like chances on your music, and they go to like maybe they hear your music somewhere, they go to your social media, they go to you know your Twitter, you go to your Instagram, your TikTok, YouTube, and you see that mm-hmm. you have put in effort in your branding, right? They know that you are bringing something to the table, not just you know your music, but you are bringing you know you know what you are about. Okay, mm-hmm. if you create content for your music by yourself, like you're always creating all sorts of things to promote your your music, right? You mm-hmm. check out this like this person's putting so much effort that if we bring you on board, right, mm-hmm. onto our label, right, you also have something to put on the table. Mm-hmm. It's not that you can sing or you can rap. So okay, that's it. You need to bring you more than that so that they can when they are, they are trying to when they're trying to mishandle you, they know that if they lose you, you can still stand on your own after the yeah. job. Understand? That, that basic, that's basic. So always work on your brand and your imaging. So that when someone is picking you, they know that, oh yeah, me too. The people we are, the, the boy or the girl we are picking is also like solid on his or her own. That person has put the effort in building a fan base already. You know, when you yeah. do all those things, it's easier for the label to market you after and also to push you harder. Well, they know that you have it's, it's, it's a general life thing you need to have you need to, you need to carry words okay you need to carry words come out to see you as like worthy 
enough to so how you your present business. yourself is how you're going to be addressed yes, yes. Yeah. in every industry whether wherever you are you need to carry yourself in a way that people will be like oh yeah this this is the guy that we want to work with yeah okay. and i think it's really important as well it's like people just are into content creating maybe you're doing music and stuff as well as a musician as an artist is that learn every aspect of your industry the best you can you can't learn everything like you know be a pro at everything yeah. but learn a bit because when you're talking about things like you know learning things like the graphics and understanding like that part and even like photo shoots and the styling and the, all that stuff. I feel like a lot of artists, a lot of like content creators as well, because that's basically like what we, we, we do content, mm-hmm. right? They are very much into like, you know, just creating the content. But when it comes to quality, when it comes to everything that's surrounding it, they don't really put as much effort into it. Just like, oh, yeah, you know, as a music, musician, like, oh, I've just done the music. It sounds really, really good. Okay, that's it. Like, it sounds good, so people should love it. But it's everything that's around it. If you know you don't know how to do, you don't have to be a pro. At, yeah. at you know doing graphics but learn like some basics so like you kind of know what you should be doing do you know what i'm saying and even like yeah. um doing a first you somebody's gonna be like i don't have the money to go and do a first you or like you know put so much effort into like you know my whatever it is i'm putting out there it's like you don't need so much money you can start from small you can literally like you know go you don't have to go to the most expensive places to buy the best clothes you can go to a thrift store and find really really great like you know piece they can piece together if you're not good with style and fashion find somebody within your circle somebody you're close to somebody that's on instagram i don't know like just kind of you somebody that have some knowledge that can help you with your outfit size and even some props you know yeah don't forget it pinterest look at style, styling for yeah. artists you can get the same like you can get the same things at a cheaper cost even when it comes to your shoot, right if you are if you study enough about like how an artist should pose and all those, even the, how a picture should be taken for a cover art and all those things. Right? If you can get an iPhone, good lighting, because you studied cinematic ways of doing things, right? Mm-hmm. You can get a good lighting, good, like, um, what's the name? Uh, Aztec, what's the name? What's the name of those things? The, comp- the composition of, like, taking mm-hmm. a picture. Things, so that all those things, if you have that knowledge, right, you can use the, the, the most cheapest yeah. things to do without even fitting the studio. I mean, going to a photo shoot to do a studio. Exactly. Picture. It provide creative ideas when mm-hmm. the professionals are doing it. Not that you'll be standing there and the professionals are talking, you are, you are lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's how, yeah, yeah it, it, all those things are very, very important. Thank you very much for sharing that because I think that, that's something that, yeah, my people are going to, they're going to love that and I know they're going to pick something up from that. So moving yeah. on from that, right, you've, I obviously, from content creation, filming, broker label, um, all of that stuff there. And we kind of went more deeper into like the record label part and the music part, right? Um, but I know that all in round, you were a content creator. That's like your thing. Yes. And just being a creative out there. So throughout your journey and through everything, yeah, what are some significant things that you've learned or, are you, or that you're still learning? There's you like, this is really important that you can share with the people. Okay. When it comes to more, it comes to creative things, right? Okay. Not everyone is going to like the the way you you process or the way you think when it comes mm-hmm. to creating things mm-hmm. you're going to, in this this industry you're going to work work with people with different mindsets and different creative things and that's how god has made it you know creativity is there mm-hmm. it's you it's like you like the color green and white mm-hmm. or something the other creative will tell you that that doesn't fit okay so you need to understand that what I've learned to learn is you need to understand how human beings work, you need to understand how, how like human beings communicate their ideas. 
if I'm editing something and like, okay, when I put this in, I put this in, yeah, it looks marvelous, right? And I'm creative, like, right, this is, this doesn't, it's not nice. Like, you, and when he says that you don't need to get angry or you don't need to get frustrated mm-hmm. that this person is saying that this design or this content or this thing doesn't, it's not, it's not good. Okay. Is the way they see the world is the perspective. It's all about perspective when it comes to the creative industry. But I always make sure that everyone is on the same page when it comes to the quality of that mm-hmm. particular project or design you're working on. So what I can say, I've noticed is try to respect everyone's creative opinions when working on a project, especially if you're working with someone or a group. I mean, if you're the one doing it. Try to try to take the critics, you know, that people are like, oh, this one there is like this, this one that's like this, but yeah, always try to respect other people's perspective of the creative things you do or the things you do with people. Yeah. Okay. That's really, really important. That's great. Thank you very much for sharing that as well. And if somebody's like starting out now, somebody starting out fresh, you're like, oh my God, like that's something I want to do. I want to go into a record labels or like, you know, I want to go into filmmaking or like, you know, just oh, I have so much passion, just like this person, like Smith, and I want to actually dip and dab into different things and really just, like, you know, just not kind of squeeze. Because I feel like one thing that you've done really greatly, and I love it when I meet people that who are also multi, um, multi-fascinated creatives, is that you don't ever let all your passions and your gifts ever go to waste. And it's really, really easy to do that in this world of, you know, just pick one thing and stick with it and go for it and just make money. That's what kind of, like, society is going to, like, makes us kind of want to makes us feel like we have to do but you've been able to like just, just be free like you've dipped and dabbed into different things like you haven't tried to like you know suppress yourself even when maybe things didn't work out 100 or you know you have to move from ghana to like you know um america you didn't just get up and be like oh i'm just leaving everything behind and just forgot about everything you know you kind of found a way to like okay let me let me how can i change and pivot my life from Ghana to also the UK to like to the US as well and I think you're doing it really really well we've also signed like your first like um, US based artist and also I know you're still doing your content crazy you've got a podcast coming out as well and things like that which is really really amazing I feel like you've just done it really really well I'm just really I, I love when I meet people like you because it takes a while it takes a lot to do that and I know because I'm that kind of person as well but I just allow myself to be free I kind of did blend up into all my different creative passions and I don't like put anything on myself so I just want to say kudos for doing that because I don't meet a lot of people like that you know so that's really really cool that's really really cool so one thing I really want to also talk about is when it comes to legacy um what because everything that you've done and everything and i know like where you're trying to go is that you you want to grow your if i'm wrong correct me but i'm guessing that you want to grow your record label you want to put more artists on there you want to you know make as big as you can ever get you know content creating podcasting filmmaking you want to like really create big things out there and put your name like in the limelight what kind of legacy do you want to build and what kind of message do you hope to leave behind for the world to remember you by well um when when people think well I'll say when people think about legacy, they're thinking of the future of how things should look for them. But mm-hmm. um I would say that your legacy starts now. It's mm-hmm. it's your past, present and future all combined. That's your legacy. People think when they say like what kind of legacy do you want to like have like people are always thinking of like the future, like when I when I grow up, when I grow up, when I'm there and I'm there. Mm-hmm. But you can't get there without putting in the work now you can't get there without making sure that the right you do the right things now so that it makes sense or it helps you or it defends you in the future so 
the kind of legacy I want to live, I want to like have or live now is uh, is a working working progress. That means it's the good name you live with, like you you live the impact of the good name you live with in the lives of people. So it's all about living a good name. As in, I don't I don't call it a reputation all the time, but it's the um, the kind of the kind of like impact you live in people's minds, especially in people's lives. The way people think about you, people, the way people see you most of the time, the kind of kind of like attitude and personality you exhibit mm-hmm. in people's lives, in your family, in your friends. That is what like I'm working on as my legacy. I know that people um, sometimes you think about um, having like the biggest organization running, you know, in the world, like you know, having the biggest company. But um, sometimes it it all comes down to the the way you impacted the lives of people around you, and the way you impacted the lives of people that don't know you personally. Mm-hmm. It's something that. I'm working on is something that I need to like fully be aware of in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really, really great. I like the way you put everything to that perspective with a great perspective. And when you say like the legacy doesn't start from in the future, people think, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now, what are you thinking about? It's like, nah, it starts from now. It's because everything that you do now is what is going to, you know, contribute to whatever your legacy, your legacy is going to be. If you yeah. don't really do anything or everything, you don't really kind of, it's not really good. <laughs> 20, yeah. 30 years from now, your legacy will not be good because all the things you've done from now, all sometimes what's going to accumulate into what that legacy you're leaving behind, the memories you're leaving behind. But when you start from yeah. now, you look at it like, okay, I might not be where I want to be yet in life. Like I'm still, you know, building myself, but I have to put, wake up every single day um, and put the steps in and do the right things. I know that's going to, you know, contribute to who I want to be. So when you get them who are talking, they can really like, you know, add your things up properly. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm really yes. glad you're putting that in that perspective as well. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. One thing as well that I want us to ask everybody this they want to come onto the podcast. Because, you know, the podcast is also about like, you know, it's about wellness and living holistically, you know, socially, environmentally, all the way through. And just like allowing life to teach you and just going through sailing through it. I know that's something you're really into mindfulness and some things like that. And I just want to go backwards to like, if you could go back three or four years, what are some things you would do differently in your life? Also, when it comes to content creating, when it comes to filming, when it comes to all your all your business and like, you know, your creative ventures, what would you do differently? If there is anything you would change or do differently, what is it? Just like life in general as well. Um, I would take definitely like I'll, I'll, I'll say this word but in this way. I'll kill fear mm-hmm. that, like, in the past, I mean, I just fear that was, like, slowing me down and drawing me back. So it's one thing that well, if I had to go back, right, and take out fear and not building my confidence and not believing in myself, that was good enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I think fear is one of those things that everybody kind of goes through. So yeah. how do you see fear now? What's your relationship with fear now? Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. 
But some people kind of like let it eat them for a really long time. You know, time is really important. And it's people say that take your time, take your time. Mm-hmm. But you you might regret it if you take too much time. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. right now, like, even for me right now, right? Because I'm those kind of people that I was just... I just, I had, I always had a vision. I always had, had a thing I wanted to. I always just wanted to create. So when you already know what you want to do from a very young age of like 13, you just kind of like press go. You just keep going, 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 going. And you don't want to ever stop because you just feel like, oh, I know I want to just go. But right now I am, I have adapted this whole thing of like living slow um, into my life where it's like, yeah, I get up and I still do it. I don't just sit there and just be like, oh, let's just slow down. Like, nah. But living slow instead of just being slow. So yeah. I take my time saying things more. Like, when it comes to um, career-wise, when it comes to um, just the way I live, I don't try to, like, before, you know, you sh- you're like, oh, I want to do this. I wanna-. You have so much. If you're a very ambitious person, you have so much goals and dreams and things you're trying to achieve. And that's when that can sometimes drive you a bit crazy. So when things are not moving, you start feeling like maybe you're not moving and maybe something is wrong with you. And I started going through that and I was like, nah, man, it's because I'm just like on this fast pace, fast pace. So when things are slowing down, I started thinking like I'm not doing enough. And when really it's not that, it's just the waves of life. Things are going to slow down sometimes, I'm going to pick up sometimes, just the way life goes. But when you learn to like live slow, just live through the moments and being present, no matter if it's high or low, you're still present with that moment. You can enjoy whatever moment you're in at that time while still, you know, getting up every single day and then putting your best foot forward. So I'm glad you touched up on that, that as well. Yeah. So, so if... Um, is there anything that if, let's say, your... I'll say 13, 14-year-old self, if you could say anything to your 13, 14-year-old self right now, what would you what would you say say to what say to him? It can be anything. It can be something about life. It can be something that maybe happened around that time, but then now you're like, damn, I wish I knew not to worry at that time. Whatever it is, what would you say to what would you say to your younger self? And why? Uh, he shouldn't give in to depression. Mm. Because growing up, I was kind of like the you know, I was kind of like a kid that was that was depressed most of the time, but people didn't know. Because I was funny. You see, mm-hmm. there are people that they like they, they have this comic behavior in front of people, right? But inside they were there, they are the most saddest people. Mm. So that's what I was going through basically for like my teenage my teenage years or when like I was really, really young. So I was kind of the person I was funny in class, in church, in mm-hmm. in every everywhere, like the funny person, like the person who who makes people laugh, the person who tells the jokes. Mm-hmm. And I still, you know, I still do those kind of things when I put, I put in my content. The kind of mm-hmm. content I create, like a lot of the, most of the content I create is like comedy or funny things, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's. But then I was more of like sad within, but I was making people happy. But yeah. You, they, yeah so I, what I can say is. Shouldn't give into depression, yeah. Okay, so what what did you do differently that kind of like took you out? That was there like a point in your life you like, as a as a young kid, and was like, now nah, what am I doing? Like, let's switch it up. Was like, did you go through phases to get to the point where you are now, where you're like, no, like this isn't wasn't right at that time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yes, like, um, I would say it was. I don't know if it was a. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a phase. It was a phase, yeah. Mm. the phase that like 
I couldn't, I didn't know how to fix or I didn't know how to solve, but I let time, time heal, yeah, which it right. did work. I don't know if it had to happen for me to like realize and also to learn things, but yeah, it happened in time, you know, this is time heals, right? Mm-hmm. It can take like 10 years and it did, like mm-hmm. it took a long time, but it did, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah. what I would say to anyone that around this that mm-hmm. same time and age, yeah. right? Doing mm-hmm. the same thing. Try like you need to try and not let time pass before you let time heal. You need to mm-hmm. try and get yourself healed before time passes. Because the time you realize you regret that you waste all this time being sad and depressed that you do not have this, you are not like this, you do not mm-hmm. believe, you didn't believe in yourself, you know. Yeah. Okay, so what well, somebody who's like in the early twenties? That's like our age right now. What would you tell them? Like, would you say the same thing to them? Uh, y- yes. For that, it's it's more like I want say it's more serious. But you, know, when you're growing up, when you reach a certain age, you know that the 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 responsibilities are coming and coming back mm-hmm. hitting you more and more, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not a time in your twenties to be living a depressed life. If you live the depressed life in teen, your teens, right? That time you had less responsibility. Now you need to one up and can you know carry things and fix things and you know deal with situations maturely. And you can't think and process and uh, deal with things maturely when you have dealing with so much mental issues, especially like depression. Okay. Because mm-hmm. People are now looking up to you, and you've gotten to that age where you have people behind you looking up to you, and you can't let depression or those kind of things like cloud your judgment when you're giving advice to the younger people. Mm. Because when that's when that happens, you transfer the wrong energy towards those people, and they pick it up, they pick it up fast, and they, okay. they affect their lives the wrong way. Yeah. Okay, so. all right. I like that. It's true. <laughs> At some point, you get the same ages in life. It's like, I can't afford to just be sitting there and just letting life kind of just like, like, let everything control my mind and control me and control my emotions and how I walk through life. I have to take charge at some point. It might not be easy or just be a simple thing, like, you know, just go up and just, you know, do it. But you have to, like, take steps to take control over yourself, over what you're doing and what you're allowing to, like, you know, overtake you. Because at some point, you you look back and be like, wow, I really wasted a lot of time. I could have just done this, done that. So that you're yeah. definitely right on that one, yeah. So what areas of your life right now are you currently trying to, you know, focus on? When it comes to personal growth, like mental, emotional, spiritual, social well-being, everything as well. It's like your your journey of awakening, just going through your mindfulness and everything. What are some of your of your current focuses? Okay, so right now, um, first of all, I'm working on, like, I mean, I... I I'm in a foreign country, I mean, mm-hmm. and um, you need to work on your finances at like mm-hmm. when you're at your early 20s, when especially when you're, you're not in your home country. Mm-hmm. So, right, what I'm mainly working on is finance, my finances, like trying to get be financially stable on my own, not like, like depending on my parents and mm-hmm. family and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, number one, yeah, when it comes to like fin- finances financially, yeah. I'm working on that and I also I just started working on like um my appearance when it comes to both physique and look and all those things health wise you know working out you know, like I used to work out but I slowed down again and you know those things consistency it's about consistency working out um appearance when you go see your 20s um you need to invest in your body I mean you need to invest in the way you look to you know, to, to attract 
um, be attractive to people because this is a, the time where if you look, if you don't look good, especially if you're, especially if you're contact with her, you need to try your best to look okay or look good before you go on yeah. camera. <laughs> the way you you appear is how you're going to be approached. Like, you got to take your friends yeah. to your physical appearance, very straight, the way you dress, the way your hair, like, you, you got to find your own style and be you. And yes. let your personality shine through, but make sure like that, it's still, you still look very, very pleasing, very good yes. in your own way. Yeah. And that's what I wasn't doing back, like, from like 20, 20, 20 backwards, I wasn't really, I didn't really give, I care much about mm-hmm. the way I look. I mean, I cared, but I wasn't putting any effort or any work in this. Now that I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'm working on, you know, the physical. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. rebranding kind of thing, like a personal yeah. rebrand kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I really yeah. like that. Because recently I've had something similar as so well. Like, I basically changed my whole wardrobe. Like, I just felt like my wardrobe before and who I am now, it doesn't coexist. It doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't. And I'm still, like, changing my wardrobe. It's not 100% me. I'm still, like, figuring out what I like, figuring out, like, according to my personality and my, like, you know, arch- archetype and, like, who I am as a person and who I want to be as well. Like, figuring out, just, like, you know, changing it slowly. I've just been doing it for the past, like, two months and I- I'm loving the way it is. I feel like it reflects more of me as who I am today. And that's something I think sometimes people don't even realize, like, you know, you have to actually change your whole wardrobe sometimes. Because who yes. you want to be two years ago and how you're dressing? Yes, it's still nice outfits. You can still wear the same dress. Yeah. Let's wear the same dress. It might be cute to you, but you, you might not be the same person. So even when you wear it, you're just wearing it as clothes. You're not really wearing it with some confidence, you know? And that's just something I've been really into. So I definitely understand that part. But yeah, I'm really glad to hear that. Like, I think it's super, super important. Like, it's really important. Yeah. Appearance is super, super important. Even like when I'm stepping out, like I put effort into like how I look. I don't care if I'm going to the, what is it called? Just to the town center for like 10 minutes. I still got to make sure like I look good. Like I look good. My, my face looks good. My hair looks good. Like, you know, just decent. I don't have to put like makeup on and have what, like a heels on and stuff. But I still got to make sure like, I don't know who I'm going to meet. In case I meet anybody, I am happy with the way I look to meet them. I'm not like, oh my God, no, I can't meet this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's really, really good. I'm glad I'm glad you said that as well. Yeah. Because I was actually confident. <laughs> I had to like, I have to start, I had to start putting effort into making, into putting effort into my body and like my image and my look to give me more confidence when I, you know, step out of the house and all that yeah. kind of thing. So money, like money side, physique and um, when it comes to career um, I'm trying to like trying to like please both sides when it comes to mm-hmm. family and myself so okay. family church and um, those kind of that group right that group of people mm-hmm. they give you advice that oh do this do this, when it comes to career right mm-hmm. so um, um, as um, or, or I say obedient child mm-hmm. you have to like you know please them by doing what yeah. they do. So when it comes to career side, I'm still doing IT. I, mean, I did IT in, in university. Mm-hmm. And um, whilst I was doing IT, I was still studying film. In film school, I did sometimes studying IT in, in university. Yeah. So and I got into a point where still family, church, and all that wants mm-hmm. used to do IT because in the United States, mm-hmm. IT people because of money and you know the United States about bills and bills and bills and taxes. Yeah, definitely the western world is just about bills and bills and bills yes so, and so that's what they are rooting for and that's what you have to try to you know you have to you know work on so like, I'm, I mean I'm enrolling to back into school to um, get trained as a data analyst mm-hmm. so 
yeah, that's what they want me to do, and that's what I'm. Yeah, so you know, you have to work on the fees and all those things to, yeah. you know, yeah, to work on. That. Yeah. So, so I'm pleasing both sides. So right, now I'm working on that. Starting school like next month on the tenth, mm-hmm. and I'm also working on my passion side yeah. too. I mean, from filmmaking to content to podcast to music to um, um, I'm currently in training mm-hmm. for to be a talent as in to be an actor and a model mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, I so, love that. I always yeah. thought that I could do acting. I, I maybe I'm just like maybe I'm just too much myself, but you should, you should give the Like one one of the people that I, I really find super cool is like actresses and actors. I yeah. don't know. I just feel like if you can just change and you know, especially the ones that I really the vill- I love villains in movies. Like my villains are yes. like yes. people are villains, yeah. <laughs> because for it's- me to be able to hate you. So put I'm through. I want to throw things at a screen, <laughs> and just I'd like, be shouting like, "Why is he doing that? Why is she here?" No, and even when I'm like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to see you in a film anymore," that means that like, you've really convinced me that yes. this is really real for me to have my emotions up like that. Because me, I'm a very emotional person. So when I'm watching movies, I cry. I'm not tough as I'll be crying, bawling my eyes out, and you be thinking, like, "Why is she crying? It's just a movie." But I'll be crying like it's real. <laughs> Yeah, and if it's angry, I'd be angry like it's real. Like I'd be like, I don't like her anymore, you know. And I'm watching the next movie with them in it. But for you to be able to do that to somebody, that's like you really have to convince. Because I, when I watch movies and they're not good, I tell, I can tell that it's like you're a good actress or a good actor. I'm like, I don't like the way they're acting. It's too obvious that they're acting. So if I can tell that, and if somebody can make me like watching, I I can't tell. I'm like, damn, that is good. I, I feel like it's such a such like a beautiful gift to have. To also act, yeah. it's a beautiful gift. No everyone has it. Some people learn it. Some people are gifted with it. I feel like it's such a beautiful talent to have. So that's what yeah. I'm, I'm. I'll be so excited to see you, babies. That would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be super super cool. Yeah. So it's all about like confidence, which I've always been talking about, like, which I struggle with. So and I've always been behind the camera. I mean, I started getting back in front of the camera when I started making TikTok videos. Then moved to YouTube by the end of 2021, 2022. You know. I did that on YouTube, um, so I post on Twitter, um, I start creating more content on Instagram and all that. So I'll, you could, if you check my pages now, you can see more of my face, you know, yeah. but I'll still do a lot of the content so I have to, I'm always behind the camera too, mm-hmm. which I was like, I'm trying to balance it. And this year, I decided to take an initiative to try and get trained and learn to be a model, a commercial model and an actor. So I'm currently working with an agency in Ohio, Mm-hmm. Ohio right now and I'm in training. I started the training yesterday. So okay. um yeah, so it's gonna be for the next seven weeks, then we move on from that. So if I do good mm-hmm. and I get signed to the agency, I mean I'm working with them now, but after the seven week get signed and all that, then yeah. you can also make money from that by you know I'm trying like you know have different um diversify multiple, your income. Uh, yeah, multiple streams of income, but it's that's so, beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I'm getting trained, and all these things involve money into like literally pay fees into pay for the training course into yeah. pay for all, you know in the everything anything the entertainment media industry mm-hmm. is money. You're making yeah. movies, you spend a billion dollars on just a two-hour movie, you know, and they can make like you know they can make a loss, they can make a win, you know, all those things. Which that's why I'm in the middle of all that, so. I kind of like spend a lot of money on all that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm doing things that I like and I'm paying for things that I like. 
and I'm also doing things that I was pleased like the people who take care of me and who have taken care of me, the people who have been praying for me too. Yeah, so that's why I mean, when it comes to career. Mm-hmm. So career, finances, physical, physique, you know, working out. I, like I literally just before this podcast started, mm-hmm. I just had to um, um, pay for my subscriptions for the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, the that's pretty good. I love that. Holistic yeah. living, financially, yeah. socially, environmentally, mentally, every way possible. You're just like yeah. you live in a holistic life and really just like, you know, yeah. pouring into you, pouring into yourself. And an investment into you is never a waste. Even if you don't, you, you decide at some point like, oh, I don't really want to do that anymore. That's an investment into you. That's a skill that you, you have now. You can start yeah. to do, do use that anytime. And you can start to pivot into any way that you want to go later on in the future with it. And it's absolutely amazing. That's what I feel. I feel like nothing is ever a waste when it comes to like investing into yourself. You know, like yeah. knowledge, having knowledge and having skills is not something that you'd be like, oh, it's out of style. Nah. That shit is really good to have. No matter, you never know where you will need it when you're able to use it, you know, or even help somebody yeah. else with, with the skill that you have. So that's really, really great to hear. That's what that's that that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So we are coming now to the end of this part to this episode, right? And a question that I asked every single body <laughs> at the end, right? And I and I always want I love to hear people's people have people put it into their own words. Um, and the question is personally like. What does being a student of life mean to you? Like, just like hearing students of life, you know, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so SOL, students of life. Yeah. You know, when you enroll into school, right? Mm-hmm. It's it kind, it kind of like, it's scary, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what to expect. You know that you are going to learn this in school, but mm-hmm. you kind of you know, you don't really know how it's going to go, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what the, the teacher is going to like teach you going to like impact into your life okay mm-hmm. so if that's just for school right mm-hmm. imagine for life the life that you live like 100 percent of your life like imagine how scary that is if you are not learning if you're not if you're not preparing yourself if you're not like preparing yourself to like learn the life skills you need to you know, thrive on this earth okay because we go to school to learn like skills right to thrive in a certain like in a, in, in i won't say a like general word but you know in a part in a specific specific like a specific like career path or something like that when it comes to you know things we learn and things we are taught in school so when you're students of life when you listen to when you get taught by a teacher like you okay it's sometimes it's kind of like scary because you don't you kind of like don't know what to expect from the teacher every episode, but you're willing to learn and willing to accept and willing to accept like the things that are going to be said to you and yeah to you and it's it's kind of like I was I'll say it's scary sometimes because you're like okay I'm doing this right and the teacher the teacher of life. Mm-hmm. In this, I'm like, no, I'm messing up on this side. I'm not paying attention to these things. And if I don't do this and this, if I don't pay attention to this and this, in the next three years, with the same attitude, with the same um, behavior, with the same you know, um, character, I might not be who I need to be within that within that next couple of years. So, um, with sense of life, I've like, I've learned a lot from from this this podcast and this um 
creation you have here mm-hmm. and something that i've been following since like 2022 right early 2022 yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first time i, I saw a video popped up on my for you page and i the first time i just when i saw the video right mm-hmm. i was like i was just moved to talk to the page mm-hmm. i didn't even i didn't even fully listen to the the mm-hmm. video like is it those kind of things where you see yeah. first the content first before you even listen, like you get moved by mm-hmm. the first few seconds without even taking your time to listen to what the person is saying. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I, it, I was triggered. Mm-hmm. So with that, when I saw like the whole thing, like the thing just tabbed on it, saw the page, I saw it, everything started to imagine before people listen to you. Okay. Yeah. Like people see your look before they hear your voice, like mm-hmm. like before they know how you talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. You invested into that part of life when it comes to the physical, the mm-hmm. physical side of it, mm-hmm. which is also an aura that attracts the right people. Yeah, which you, you, you which you like, you play that part mm-hmm. well, which, which got me like in tune into that. Then I got to understand what you were doing mm-hmm. on TikTok and mm-hmm. and how you do it, and that mm-hmm. was what you do teaching like life life lessons and teaching like things that are going to impact the lives of people yeah in, in different in different perspective and different like different wavelength for different people mm-hmm. and that's how it started and that's how i've been like hooked to the yeah to the, and that's how I, we became friends it's literally free social media free instagram yeah. and we shared ideas and thoughts yeah Pardon? I had to reach out, yes. I had to reach out to you because the content yeah. you're creating was quality content and meaningful content. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's content that if I didn't if I didn't share, if I didn't like make other people notice mm-hmm. it, I would have felt bad because these are the kind of content that people barely mm-hmm. create on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much content on the internet, like and people want to watch. TikTok dance strength. We want to watch, you know, um, people on vacation, fashion, people lifestyle, all that, you know, cool edit movie, movie reaction, all those things. But there are certain things that are really important to, that you need to to learn and you need to like absorb mm-hmm. every now and then, which is the students of life style of like um, imparting lives and all that. So yeah. And um, Thank you very much. That actually means I'm leaving. That's what's amazing to hear. I love that. I love yeah. how you put everything as well together. And I say that's how we move through social media. We've shared like ideas and thoughts. You've given me yeah. ideas and thoughts on student of life and things like that. And I've absolutely, absolutely been amazing. And we both nurtured this friendship where it is now. And that's one that I always tell people that like, trust me, like, I, I'm always open to make friends on social media because me, I don't know if it's like a little bless. I feel like it's a blessing to be honest. Maybe good luck is a blessing that I made. I've made some of my most greatest friendships through social media. And you know, yeah. when I was young, my parents always tell me don't talk to anybody on social media. I never listened. I was like, yeah. I, I, I have never listened to that that thing because I've every single time like I will ever entertain anybody on social media, like speaking to anybody. Even at times like I used to have Instagram before, right, and Snapchat before when I was a bit younger, like my teens. But I never could get into social media, so I had it for like two months, two months, right? And I just go off it. But every single time I, 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 I will have it, 
for that short one, two months that I have in I go off, I will always make a new friend on social media or like in the Instagram or even in the Snapchat. That all those friends who have lasted all the way up till now, like one of my friends, Jeremy, right? I've known him since for probably like the past like six years. And I met him through literally Instagram when I was in college and I had like an Instagram for my um, creative stuff because I had to have it part of my project. And we've been friends since then. And at that time, your know, parents would be like, don't go on social media, don't talk to anybody, especially in a different country. Da, 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 da. I was yeah. doing it all. And that's one of my greatest like friendships I have as well. Like he's been absolutely amazing as a friend. And I absolutely admire our friendships. Like it's with respect. We nurture our friendships together and we're both creative. So we understand and you give yeah. me ideas, I give you ideas, and I'm just really, really grateful for that. And I'm and I'm like looking forward to like you know where we will be and where we're gonna go with this, and like just about our aspirations and our dreams and just our content creating and just being a creative as a whole. And I know you'll go far. Like I'm, I'm super proud to call you my friend, and I know we'll go far with it. So thank you thank so you. much for coming on today. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for having me. Well. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. So that's why we leave the people today. And we've talked about a lot from content creating, like your journey with that to record, rec- opening up your own record label, which was absolutely like, I, I love that conversation because I, I learned a lot as well from your side as well. Like you doing that. I never really knew you was how deep you was into it. Because I knew you had it, but I didn't know how deep you was and how deep you've actually been into it. And then obviously going into sharing your journey, sharing like, you know, things you want to share with the world, legacy and what's it called what's it called? like your de- depression as a child um um fear and just being a, it's like being a whole lot you know storytelling a whole lot roller coaster for you and i'm so grateful that you know you shared your story you shared your your lessons your story and like you know where you are and where you've been and where you're going with us super grateful for it and i definitely will be having you back on this podcast definitely will we will definitely have you back and i'm super super excited for that and i know that you'll be in a greater place you tell us like remember guys i'll say i'm gonna do this i did it (laughs) and your artists will be amazing will blow up and we'll be like here to point and going to shows and stuff as well i speak all into existence yeah yeah thank you very much man thank you all right bye bye bye